0: On today's show, we discuss some of the positional rankings on NHL.com, where the Leafs find themselves. Also, what's going on with Sheldon Keefe's contract? It's been a little quiet as of late. Will something get done before training camp? We'll discuss all that more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Leaves Podcast, a daily Maple centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host Dave Morisuti. It is Friday, so we'll do a fan Friday a little bit later on today's show. We caught up with uh, uh Curtis Kent, a good, good Ontario kid who's living in enemy territory out in Ottawa. So uh, that'll be uh that'll be a fun conversation that we had that we'll play for you guys. Uh, a little bit later to, to finish off the show. But before we do get into our Fan Friday, um, you know, we thought let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the Maple Leafs right now. We know that the NHL.com has been putting out their position rankings and uh, a few Maple Leafs have have obviously made the top 20 list in both the center and winger categories. We'll get into that in just a second. But something else that kind of uh, popped into my mind and we were having a conversation with uh, with Curtis earlier, um, which again we'll play for you guys in 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 you know about ten minutes or so. And he, at some point he mentioned Sheldon Keith and whether or not he sticks around if the Leafs get off to a, a tough start to the season, kind of like we've seen the last couple of years. And it got me thinking, like, yeah, we still don't have a contract extension for Sheldon Keith. Like it seemed like such a foregone conclusion that he was being retained and kept by Brad Trilliving therefore an extension was going to be coming rather soon and here we are we're like a month away from camp and still no extension from Sheldon what's going on
1: yeah I mean we didn't think that the Leafs would want to go into the season with Keith on the last year of his deal you know having to always wonder when that's going to get done like I know it's I know like we're not well we're not close to training camp but we're not far away either so like I'm trying to figure out like is Brad just trying to let guys enjoy their vacations or something? Like, <laughs> I, like I, I understand like you don't want, you don't want to feel rushed when you're making decisions, but at the same time, like don't want to have like a, you know, a bunch of things that have to get done before camp goes. And like so many question marks, like the key one, it just seemed like, okay, maybe they're trying to figure out what's the right amount of term that they want to give. I don't think they want to go too, too long. If Brad has any inclination that, you know, this is not the the way the least want to go down the road future with Sheldon Keefe, although Trillivan gave him all the all the assurances that, you know, he likes what he's done. So if you like what he's done and you like the job like everything that Keefe has done, I would have thought that a contract extension would have been done at that point. Yeah. Right? It's not like you're it's not like you're working hard to get Neilander Matthews Matthew signed because those contracts aren't done yet. And we've heard nothing of that. The only thing we've heard about is Barn Jones getting signed to a deal, right? And things like that. Like there's I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm really curious of like what time frame do they feel is appropriate because a lot of teams feel like they want to get their business done and not have to worry about it. Yeah.
0: I, 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 I know I've said this about Nylander and, and, and Matthews, but like I guess I'll say the exact same thing when it comes to Sheldon Keith. I would assume that it does get done before camp. Um yeah. if, if you show up to camp without a deal, like that might be something that maybe the deal is done and it's been done for a bit, but they're just not announcing anything until you know they get back to training camp so they don't have to bring the media in to discuss it and then have to get him, you know, on a Zoom call. He can enjoy his summer. But yeah, bro, come back. Hey, welcome to day one of uh of camp. By the way, two year extension sign for Sheldon Keith like potentially that could be the case. Like that's what happened a couple of years ago. Marie signed it was like right before they dropped that uh that the the leaf stock or the leaf stock on Amazon Prime that they did there. Yeah, and they like they extended them just before that came out. And I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if if that was planned that way. Um and they do something kind of similar. Like the week before or you show up on day 1, by the way we're announcing an extension of, of Sheldon Keefe. I thought it'd be done earlier, but at this point, I guess maybe that's when we're, we're thinking we could get something, um, you know, hammered away for for the Maple Leafs. But I think the expectation is is still that he's going to get an extension, right? Like I, I'd still be shocked if he does end up uh, rolling into into camp uh, on, a, on the cloud of, of a one-year deal. That being said, you do look at the signings uh, and the coaches that were brought in to help him this offseason, and uh, some you know pretty good coaches like Guy Boucher. You, know, you kind of look at him now as as the coach in waiting, and now that they've brought in Guy Boucher, you know, does that impact getting a deal done with Sheldon at all? Like I, I remember the, I was on vacation when that signing happened, so I didn't really get to talk about it at all. But I wonder if that did impact things where now, you know, you're looking, if you're Brad Trilving, you're thinking to yourself, eh, maybe I'm not as motivated to get Keith signed as quickly as maybe I was because you know, I might have a, a successor if things don't go well. And why pay the guy if, you know, there's a slim possibility that we can move on from him a month into the season.
1: I also wondered too if Sheldon Keith wanted to prioritize getting everything done with his coaching staff because I think he did mention that like they want to make sure that was all done. There's other things that were kind of on the front burner, and the, he felt kind of made it seem like the contract was on the back burner. But okay, coaching staffs finalized. I know now people, yeah, people are making those connections with Boucher, even with uh, with Van Ryan. You know, someone's been an assistant coach for a long, for a while in the league. So I do wonder if that's something that, you know, with all the coaching stuff done, even if you do a one or two year extension, like you can put provisions in there where there's options or in the Leafs case, they just ate how many years of Mike Babcock's contract. Yeah. I don't think there should be any concern about how long or how much money they're going to give Sheldon Keefe. Cause they were clearly willing to do it with Mike Babcock when they ate all that money in con in term for his contract so like i do think that there's a little bit like to say like oh no not not sure how long he wanted to do it for and how many how much money that's irrelevant for leaves there's no salary cap for coaches right so i i think at this point like yeah maybe they are waiting for that maybe they don't want to drop so much You know in this point of the summer but at the same time i do know a lot of reporters are coming back from their vacations there's not an infinite number of vacation days um nowadays so i do think you know at some point the they're searching for news they're scraping clawing for news then maybe they're gonna try to push the envelope a little bit with some reports that are gonna come out hopefully some reports
0: Hopefully we get some reports. Yes, that's it's all it's all hopeful right now because there's been absolutely not much to talk about. That being said, the NHL did put out, and they do this every summer, they put out their top twenty lists for uh, position rankings, and as expected, some Maple Leafs have started to fall on that list, um, and we'll talk about it and where some of the Leafs do land on the other side. But before I get into all that, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at FanDuel. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. You can use your bets on bonus bets on spreads, player props, over unders. Use it on some NHL betting as well if you'd like. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back into the Locked On at Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morisuti with me. We are a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. About three days a week for the offseason. Then we'll go back to daily once training camp starts up. So... Uh, if you are a first-time listener uh, or viewer on YouTube of our show, hopefully you're enjoying the content and you uh, are, are looking forward to listening to some more. If you are, we ask that you please would subscribe to uh, the podcast. Uh, we, we've we got our road to 5,000 subscribers. We're just about nearly at 4,000, and when we hit 5,000, we're going to be doing a, a big giveaway, so uh, we're trying to get there. So, if you are a, a loyal listener or a first-time listener, we would appreciate it if you uh, did throw us uh, a subscribe and, and a like down below, and let us know, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the content, if you're enjoying the pod, um, that'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. So, let's take a look at, uh, you know, the the players that have so far landed on the top twenty position rankings of NHL.com. Uh, we'll start at the centerman that was done uh last week, maybe two weeks ago, they, they put out this list where very clearly Austin Matthews showed up as a top 20 centerman in the NHL, came in at number actually. Do you know where he came in at? I'm curious. Did you see the list? Like, do you remember? I had
1: list? seen the list. Like when you brought up this list, I'm like top top 20 list. I yeah,
0: NHL.com dropped it like a little bit ago, and then they put out like the wingers and uh like a couple days ago and then i think the defensemen are coming out next week i would assume which will i want to see I say i really saw
1: graphics somewhere but maybe i thought i thought somebody was just throwing that out for themselves
0: no yeah they, they do it every year um it's it's a way for nhl network to to do content so I think NHL network does it um instead of the nhl.com or maybe they do it in together but uh Okay, so this, this will be fun. You can guess where these people have been placed then. Austin Matthews, where do you think he ranked in terms of the top centers in the NHL?
1: I want to say third? Oh, Close.
0: Man. Fourth. He was put fourth. Fourth, uh, fourth best center in the NHL. I would imagine that uh, the player, well, who, did you, who do you think would have been fourth then for you? So, you had McDavid, obviously. Yeah. And then who would have been second for you?
1: I had McKinnon.
0: McKinnon. So, yeah. So, and McDavid then McKinnon, and, and Dry Slidle was. Oh, uh, see, I had Dry after Matthews. Yeah. Which, you know, based on last season, okay, I could see Dry making it. You know, Matthews had a, a bit of a down year uh, for his standards. So, I, I could see that being the case. But yeah, Austin Matthews came in as, as the number four C, which. Last year, I believe he was the number two centerman after the season that he had had in behind uh, Connor McDavid. So dropping a little bit in these rankings, uh, I would imagine that this year he'll be, you know, motivated to move himself up for multiple reasons, mainly probably because it's a contract year and he'll want to make a a boatload of cash this, uh, you know, next season. So that I could see happening. Um, The wingers came out as well. And these ones were, uh, were a little interesting. I, I I can't say I was surprised to see Nylander pop up and he was included in the top 20 uh, as was obviously Mitch Marner. Uh, I'm curious to see where you think they both landed on this list.
1: Well, I, I, I don't know if I could see Marner as a top five, just because I think there's guys who put up more points and goals than Marner. Um, I'm gonna say like
0: what I'm gonna say maybe seventh for Marner. So Marner came in at sixth. Okay. And where you where you got Willie in the top 20?
1: I was gonna say I was thinking like 15.
0: 12. He came in at 12, which actually okay somewhat surprised me
1: for him it's to not- come in so high. Okay, it's not too that's not terrible. For Nealander's case, like
0: it's not terrible at all. That's better than I thought. Like I, I to, they had William Nealander ahead of Kyle Connor. They had him ahead of Brady Kachuk. They had him ahead of uh Nuge Gensel, Goudreau, Clayton Keller, Mark Stone. They had him ahead of Mark Stone. They had him. And, they had
1: a lot of guys ahead of Mark Stone that probably shouldn't be ahead of Mark
0: Stone. Yeah, Mark Stone should definitely be. Oh, by the way, just a quick I thing. Did
1: you hear that Mark Stone played one, the g- goal that the game that he scored the hat trick in the Santa Cup playoffs? He played that with a broken wrist.
0: I saw that. He was on what? Chicklets? No. Oh was uh, McAfee. Uh, McAfee. Yeah, he's on McAfee. I, I did see that story. Yeah. Broken yeah, wrist. Just
1: for that reason alone, he should be getting a bump up the list. Like if yeah. you ask me, do I take Mark Stone or Nugent Hopkins or Gaudreau? I'm taking Mark Stone.
0: Dude, Mark Stone or William Nylander? Yeah, I'm taking Mark Stone.
1: <laughs> I like like if elite fans would even agree with that, I think the ones, especially the one, like when you see what Mark Stone can do at both ends of the ice, like, yeah, I'm probably taking like Mark Stone probably should have gone roughly where Neilander was. Yeah.
0: 12. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree with that. But yeah, Neilander, good for him, man. Getting some recognition getting placed as the 12th best winger in the NHL. So, you know, the Leafs, they have the number four center in the NHL, according to, uh, you know, the NHL Network, and they have two top 12 wingers, which means they have two top line wingers uh, in the National Hockey League. So, you know, they've got some some talent, elite talent up top. We've always known that that was the case, um, you know, just whether or not they, they come through in the playoffs. That's always been the big question but they're going to put out the top 20 defensemen shortly uh, i believe next week that's going to drop what are the odds we see morgan riley make that list after the playoff that he just had
1: um i man like he i, I think he would be on the low end just because there's so many defensemen who play obviously top like top minutes minute munchers they're putting up like huge point productions I it's it would be if he gets on the top 20 it's going to be like on the low end it might be yeah. I mean, I'm not but a few that yeah. be fun,
0: it it'll be interesting to see if he if he does make that list like he had a really solid playoff which may save him and if that's like the lasting impression potentially he rolls in at like 19 or 20 but uh that'll be interesting to see if 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 he ends up making making that list All right Dave um why don't we take one more quick break? When we come back, we will uh, be joined by Curtis Kent, our subject of today's Fan Friday. So we're excited for that conversation, and that'll be coming up next right here on the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano for Dave Uh Curtis Kent coming up next. Listen to Locked On Least podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Leaves podcast and as promised it is Fan Friday which means we're bringing on one of you guys to uh, come join us on the show today. We've got Curtis Kent joining the show, longtime Leaf fan. Curtis, how are you doing today?
2: Not too bad. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this.
0: Yeah, no, we're excited to to get some of the the listeners of the pod on. It's always nice to get uh, to get you guys involved obviously in the show. So watch all the viewers, you know, where you're from, you know, how long have you been a fan and some of your favorite memories, uh, as a Maple Leafs fan?
2: Well, uh, live in Ottawa, in enemy territory, and, um, been here for eight years, uh, on this tour, we were here before as well, but, uh, I've been a Leaf fan since the early nineties. I would say I was a big super Mario, Marlon Mew fan when I was a kid. And, um, back when I had hair and, uh, you know, he was the black haired stallion of the NHL. So he was my guy. And, um, and so, uh, then they won a couple cups and the switch went off inside of me and it wasn't fair anymore. My, you know, 12, 13 year old self, it wasn't fair to cheer for the team that was always winning. It, it doesn't make any sense. I know. <laughs> but, um, but then I was watching Leafs games cause I lived uh, grew up in Southwestern Ontario. And, uh, Wendell Clark is the guy. He like, got in a fight, you know, destroyed somebody with a body check, changed his skate. Weird thing. I remember came back out and over time, scored a game winning goal. And I was like, that's my guy. That's my guy. And obviously then with Dougie Gilmore, um, and, uh, and everything that ensued in the early nineties it was super exciting time to be at least fan. So, so that's been it ever since. And, um, and so, um, it's been a number of years and, you know, a whole journey, but, uh, Dougie would be my guy. I got the rookie card still. Mike, you'd nice. be happy to know. I did a little dabble in the card collecting as well. So, but, um, yeah, so it's been since, since early nineties, so a long journey, long, long suffering. I got my, uh, you know, people giving me a Kleenex box with Toronto Maple Leaf logo on it, just so I can, you know, cry my tears away. And it's
0: been I a journey. Yeah. You said you're living yeah. in enemy territory yeah. out in Ottawa. I mean, how, how difficult do you find that? Cause I know that, uh, you know one of our friends here we you know locked on sends i guess is is a is a rival of the locked on yeah. least part but we you know, we're we're friendly with the guys who who do it there Pillsy and, and uh, Ross do a good job and but we are always throwing jabs at each other i, I could say that so like how For do sure. you deal with living in ottawa being a leaf fit? i mean i guess technically the leafs especially the last better part of the eight years that you've been there have been the far superior team outside of the one year that Ottawa went to the cup, uh, to the conference final, but like, yeah, you, that was you, hard. yeah, <laughs> you, you like take all the ribbing and whatnot. Like, what's it like living in enemy territory being a Leaf fan?
2: It's so it's different. It definitely, you know, you got to have a thicker skin to get through it. But if you're a Leaf fan, you got that anyways, I think, but um certainly the last eight years is easier than the first, time that we lived here so we, we lived uh, we lived here for about four years and then we moved to Dundas Hamilton area for about uh, almost four and a half five years and then we moved back this time is easier than the first time first time I remember I'm um, being in the hockey dressing room playing pickup hockey with guys and they're wearing like you know a certain uh, sports radio station in Ottawa and the slogan wasn't like go sends go the slogan was like leaf suck <laughs> and uh, and that's just like where they start it's all like anti-Leafs right so so I, I've always like thought that was kind of like a weird way to kind of form your identity if you're a fan of a hockey team in this city. But there's mo- I think there's more least fans and Sens fans in this city anyway. So especially now, um, you know, and when the students come in in the fall and there's, there's so many people coming from the Toronto area and so many least fans. So that's kind of good. Funny story, actually. I ran into um, shopping one year. Me and my five-year-old were in the mall. My wife went in a store. I sit down on a bench. This older gentleman comes, sits down beside me. And, uh, and he says hi, and I said something about hockey to him because I recognized it was the late like, great Brian Murray. And so Brian right. sat beside me in the park bench in the mall, and, uh, and immediately, it's around the time he signed Kovalev for like way too much money, and fans were all up in arms about that. And, uh, and so immediately, he just starts apologizing for signing Kovalev for so much money because I had said something about hockey, but I didn't say it was a Leaf fan. So my five-year-old son, super proud dad moment. Brian turns to him, starts engaging him a little bit. He was was great at that. Um, And then he asks my son, who his favorite player is. And he looks right at Brian Murray with all the excitement and joy in his face. And he says, Luke Shen. And (laughs) so I was like super, super excited because here is my son telling the, you know, the head guy of of the the senators, um, you know, that his favorite player is, is, you know, the enemy's superstar rookie or at the time, the mm-hmm. next, uh, you know, captain when he was in his, you know, first or second year. So it was pretty good. I felt real good as a dad that, that he would tell totally, the, uh, tell Brian that. So, but anyways, yeah. So enemy territory is definitely a challenge, but, uh, um, I run into a lot of people that try to say they're, they're fans of both teams and that, that really just, it yeah. just throws yeah. me off. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, uh, you can't sit on that fence, like you can't straddle that. That's that's yeah. a not a good situation. So that always kind of weird me out, but but yeah, it's different. Yeah,
1: it's that de- no, it's definitely not allowed. Like, do you have a, a memorable Leaf Sends Battle of Ontario moment? I have a few, but is there's one that kind of sticks out in your mind that you always think back about.
2: Uh early two thousands, I think was it New En that scored on the lily lily? Yeah. In the playoffs, that, yeah, I mean, that's like Joe, Joe was so classy, yeah. I think that that's a huge like Sands Leafs kind of a moment, um, yeah. And then the other stuff I kind of remember, like the funnier stuff when some goon tries to like take out Matthews in like preseason and he like looks at the back of his jersey, like, Who are you? you know? <laughs> those, kind of, those kind of things always make me chuckle.
0: Right? Sabrin, but... it was sabren, right? And then, yeah, yes, had yes it was sabren, it, like,
2: yeah,
0: a cup of yeah. coffee. I don't know where yeah. he's at now. I think he went he no, maybe you know, was at the off. Leafs
2: after that for something. Yeah. Like the Marlies or something. But, but yeah, like I, I think, you know, my, my best, oldest Leafs memory. Um, so this, this past year, I mentioned in the Discord that I went to a Leafs games. The first time I'd gone in like 30 years. And prior to that, 30 years ago was the ultimate Doug Gilmore game and goal. So I was at the double overtime wraparound behind the net, Dougie mm-hmm. game against St. Louis in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I went with my brother and we both said, like, there's no way we could ever – we could spend a million dollars on tickets and never get a better experience than that, right? So, there's was a hero. Like I said, I got the card. I was, you know, into all of that. And like and so, um, you know, he was my guy. And, and then I go to this game and he scores, you know, this ridiculous goal in overtime and the tension was – just insane in the arena at the gardens right and so so I, we went this year to jt's one uh, jt's one 1000th game and it was great It was fantastic to do that again with my brother hope to do that in shorter order rather than another 30 years from now but but whatever it takes right so
0: yeah very nice that's it's pretty good two good games to go to i'd say well the two pretty solid yeah. ones to uh to pick Chat job with Curtis Kent, uh, a long time Leaf fan. He's our subject here today on Fan Friday. Well, let's kind of fast forward to where we're sitting at with the Maple Leafs currently and, and, and you know, the current state of the team. You did mention that Wendell was your guy, you know, Wendell Clark. And there's no Wendell Clark on this team. I think we comfortably say that very clearly but they did add a little bit more jam, a little bit more P and V to the lineup uh, this past summer when Brad Trilliving came into the fold. What have you made of how he's kind of reshaped this team throughout this offseason, and you know, how do you think they're going to do next year with a little bit more uh, size and jam to the lineup?
2: I think the size and the jam is good, for sure. My chair just made a noise. I hope it's not one of those radio radio edits I <laughs> suppose. Um, I think the size and jam is really good. Uh, I think uh, that is definitely much needed. Obviously, a little concerned about the term there with Reeves in particular. Um, I think uh, I think he's going to bring a lot of personality to the team. A little concerned that you know he he kind of thinks he's you know going to be the one that kind of holds everybody together before he really meets all the guys. To be honest, I think kind of coming in a little bit slow, a little bit under the radar and then developing those roles is probably always the best, but that's just my perspective on it. Um, but I think the toughness is, is great. I think the additions up front, uh, Bertuzzi and Domi should be fun too. I don't know exactly how tough they are, but maybe more in that instigator kind of, uh, Tucker kind of role maybe. Um, I think uh, I think that'd be good. Overall though, I definitely have a sense of, uh, it's not finished or really hope it's not finished. Um, because I, I think there's a lot left to do, um, even just, I think, comparing this time of year to a year ago, not to the post-trade deadline with all those acquisitions, because obviously that was a far superior team. But I, I think that um, there's work to be done on the defense. Um, everybody, you know, has common concerns and then, um, you know, uh, unreserved hope for what Klinger uh, Klimberg could kind of become potentially if he regains his form, but I think that's—it's easy to get on that hype train, but really I think they need that rock's that rock solid sort of steady. Um, and so I think they're not done because I think unfortunately with the the or saga, I think in particular, I think there's there's just too much in the past to predict what's you know the journey is going to be like with regards to trying to sign him moving forward. And certainly you never want to lose such a brilliant talent like Willie's unbelievable. He's, he gets us out of our seats as much as anybody on the team. Yeah. But I think that contract is just just something that is going to be really hard to pull off. And uh, maybe it's a sign and then a quick trade. I don't really know, but um, I'm kind of the, the long-term thinker, the long-term planner. So I, I kind of really wouldn't mind if we got a like a Muslim replacement plus pick prospect kind of maybe. And had something for the future, um, because when we kind of look at where we're going to be and who we have to sign and all the unsigned players in the next couple of years and the unsureness, I, I don't want to be left with a kind of empty cupboard, right? So I kind of think a little bit long term that way, even though we're in a win now, there's a
1: tension with that for sure. Well, and, like, yeah, the Nylander situation is is an interesting one. Because, like, every time I'm hearing, well, especially lately on sports radio, just, like, how he has all the leverage and, you know, the Leafs are going to be in tough. And I'm just wondering how far – how far would you be willing to go in terms of waiting for Neilander to get a deal – like, a contract extension done? Like – He's, he should be coming to camp because he's got a contract for this year. So yeah. the idea of him, you know, missing camp or anything, send a message, well, that won't really work because he has a contract. But how long would you be willing to wait before a Nylander extension gets done that you're comfortable with?
2: I would draw a weird line. I would draw a line like a bit into the season. Um, so you have maybe 10 to 15 games, maybe Thanksgiving kind of around the time as I'd sort of look at the team how it is with Nylander and specifically look at the D because I think that's the real target when you look at moving Nylander is getting some D help. So I think if you have a bit of time to kind of evaluate what's going on um, with with the roster, how they're playing, how Keith's coaching, you know, if something goes sideways in the beginning and they get rid of Keith and there's a new coach and then that's a huge reset, right? But I think with Nylander, you, you can't keep him for too long you got to let him, you know, catch some fire when he's on one of those five or seven game streaks where he's putting in, you know, eight or nine points and, and he's at the price tag he's at and some other teams are struggling or whatever and they're looking for a shakeup. That's, I think, when you're going to get the most value for an And, uh, you know, so you know, like maybe American Thanksgiving, put that as, as a, you know, that's often a, a line in the sand where teams kind of evaluate coaches and, and staff and where they're at. So I, I think that would be a good time. Um, unless we can sign him for like, you know, 8.88, which I just don't think is going to happen, right? Obviously, that's the dream um, mythological number. (laughs) But, you know, I I mean, if and if we're going to keep him, um, I don't think I'd go much more than nine, maybe nine, one, nine, two, and just try and find a way to make it work. But I just don't think this much... Um, at least in the next couple of years, have, when lots of is still under contract, like you need some of that money to, to spend on the back end and, and we need a stud. And, uh, and so I think if we could get a Muzzin type and one or two, like a pick and a prospect that has potential of becoming a, a stud D and a steady guy for now out of Nylander potentially being signed, um, you know, and traded, then I think you're going to get the best package then. And, and so kind of waiting a little bit into the fall, maximizing what you got when another team is struggling maybe they got injuries or whatever and they're more desperate as well to give you a little bit more in a package cuz i think now that the time is or before training camp like it would be nice but the time's passed like july 1st would have been would have been the time but but it's passed now so you just coast and you just say like no nope, we're not doing it now and they just say they're not going to talk about it and the, the media goes crazy, and the fans go crazy, and super annoyed. But but they're not going to give you any new content, you know, from now till Thanksgiving, right? And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just. A, I, I think that's the best way to go at, from this vantage point. Now I'd
0: be yeah. much happier I,
2: if you, you know, the deal is going to get I, done. I'd rather it done sooner. But
0: I hope they get something done by training camp. I've I've been saying that for a while that I think the Leafs are in big trouble if they if they kind of plant their feet into the ground and let this guy show up to camp uh, without a deal done Guy, just like, I don't think he, I feel like he would be comfortable playing out in the final season. He'll ball out and then he will probably make a lot of money in free agency next year. And the Leafs either will have to trade him at the deadline or get nothing for him and walk as a free agent. And that's probably not where the Leafs want to be at uh, next year either. And, you know, like he's like you said, he's, he's a terrific player. He's, you know, one of the best wingers in the NHL. He's what the 12 he's ranked as the 12th best winger in the NHL, uh, according to NHL.com. So, you know, he's he is a, a, a premier top talent. Um, really quickly, Curtis, uh, before we we let you go, um, give us give us a prediction, like a bold prediction for the Maple Leafs this year. What's what's something you could see happening, either team team? Based or individual-based?
2: Uh, President's Trophy. Though I'm kind of nervous it. Oh. getting it.
0: That's, that's... Uh, I,
2: I think President's Trophy. That's what I think. And I, I second that by I think Matthew's just coming back. He's going to get 61 or 62. Just going to push what he did before. I'll nice. give you those two. But Nice. The but, President's uh, Trophy curse? You want the President's Trophy curse? I, I That's what I'm saying. I don't don't like I'm nervous about that, right? But but I think that's that's I think it's there for them if they want it. They play to their potential. Um, certainly, you know that could change based on a on a trade or something. But I think that's the kind of maybe unwanted potential.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if your prediction uh, comes true. You're right. In in you know they're in the mix, then they certainly could do it. I don't think it would surprise a whole lot of people if they did end up winning the President's Trophy. But what uh, what, what can they do after that, I think, is what more people want to know. What type of postseason success can we have, you know? Finally got through yeah. one round last year. Can they build off of that uh, come the postseason? Uh, we'll all have to wait until April to find out uh, if, if that's the case, April, May. Um as per usual, uh, but uh, Curtis really appreciate taking the time to, to join us today. It was a fun conversation. It was nice to, to get to know you and hopefully we can, uh, you know, get together and, and get you back on the pod uh, again at, at some point down the road. Well,
2: thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's uh, good to be on and uh, looking forward to uh, listening as we get back into hockey season.
0: Absolutely. Curtis Kent from uh, Ottawa, Ontario, living in enemy territory as a Leafs fan. We appreciate you stopping by. That was Curtis Kent, uh, fan in enemy territory. Uh, that must be tough. That must be tough to, to live out there and kind of get the ribbing from your friends. Uh, you know, although the Leafs, you know, have had uh, a lot of, a lot more success than the setters have had over time, but we appreciate Curtis coming on the show and, and obviously uh, if you want to be a part of Fan Friday let us know um, online on Twitter uh, or just get a hold of us somehow and uh, let us know that you'd be interested possibly in the comment section down below and you could be part of next week's Fan Friday that'll do it for us here today on the show though I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to be locked on these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms uh, receive daily Leafs content Follow myself on Twitter, at Mickey underscore Canuck. Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi. And uh, we'll be back with another episode for you all tomorrow. Uh, or on Monday, rather. So enjoy your weekends. And until then, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.